You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this Friday, which will become a football Friday. Football Friday? Next hour, Pat Kerwin, Mark Packer, talk all things NFL and college football. Apparently, they got about a month. What Bill Hancock says, of course, I don't know that Bill Hancock's really the authority here. I think he's just more of the spokesperson, but says we've got a month to figure out how it is we're going forward in college football. Um, not quite sure why only a month. I mean, we know what we're doing the next two years. We're 12-team playoff if top five conference champions get in. And ESPN's, I mean, really what matters out of all that, David, is ESPN's televising the whole thing. Right. So what's there to do? I mean, I think they have to financially figure out, you know, how much money they're going to make off it. But, I mean, why do they have to decide in the next month what they're doing for the 2026 season? I would think they've got a little more time than a month, but, huh, okay, whatever. So I we know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten are really going to benefit from it. I think it's just a matter of how many people are they going to turn off. Like, do you think anyone is going to turn away from college football because of the changes that are about to come to the sport? I do. I think the numbers will be small. And... I go back, you know, I, I talk to my son every day, pretty much. He is a gigantic college football. That's his favorite sport. Okay. And when I bring up, I go, did you see what happened? Yeah, we talked yesterday. You see, he's, would you quit it? He doesn't want to hear about it. He's trying to bury his head in the sand and get to the fall. I'm like, so you're going to just, you'll still watch, and you're going to close your eyes and put blinders on and act like none of this is happening. And he says, I'll try. I'm curious if he will actually be energized in a few years because he's an East Carolina alum. And we believe that when the change is going to happen here with the ACC, by the way, major sidebar, did you see that ESPN sued Florida state? Yes. For divulging their intellectual property, which they claim is a felony. Right. Right. Now, here's what I find interesting about this. This is the whole ACC Florida State lawsuits. Florida State suing the ACC. ACC countersued, you know, the one suits in North Carolina, the one suits in Florida. We all know who filed their suits where. ESPN is claiming that Florida State, in their lawsuit against the ACC, divulged stuff about ESPN and the inner workings of ESPN's deal with the ACC that is proprietary information, their intellectual property, will put them at a disadvantage when they negotiate future deals with conferences down the road. But also what ESPN is clearly doing here is they took the side of the ACC against Florida State. Florida State's not going to the SEC. 
I mean, that's when I saw that, I thought to myself, well, they're going to the Big Ten. Because, I mean, if you think they were angry at ESPN, I mean, in December, I mean, ESPN now just sued them and accused. They want Florida State found guilty of a felony? For relinquishing trade secrets, essentially. Right. And you think Florida State's going to get in bed with ESPN and the SEC when they can get in bed with Fox and the Big Ten instead? With Fox going, oh, please, please, please come with us. And this will end any arguments that anybody ever had over whether the networks are running the conferences or the conferences are controlling the networks. Because the Big Ten, on its own, would never let Florida State in that conference. Academically, it's not there. It's just not. It doesn't meet the accreditation levels. It's getting there. But it's it's not. Right. And David, come on, on on their own, the Big Ten would never take Florida State. Now, the Big Ten with Fox... Telling them, we'll pay more money if Florida State comes in. Yeah. And the Big Ten says, what? More money? Big Ten goes, wait a minute. Yeah. Let me get this straight. You increase our footprint in uh, Virginia, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, okay. We uh, Florida? Really? Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, they're going to have to get some new airlines and some new uh, routes in the Tallahassee airport here in the next couple of years. <laughs> Chicago. All right. Minneapolis, Detroit. Okay. Yep. Work some Pittsburgh in, you know, and you got to go to Penn State and what have you. Work in Ohio. Yep. Come on. You got to diversify the airlines and the routes out of the Tallahassee airport. No longer direct only to Atlanta from Tallahassee? Is that what you're telling me? Yep. Got to figure something out here. So it's just one of those things in which, wait a minute. Does this say ESPN is suing Florida State? And Kirk Herbstreet and the folks at game day are just going to be so shocked and appalled with the vitriol that they're going to get in Ireland on the first game day of the 2024 season when they're trying to promote Florida State and Georgia Tech. And the Florida State fans literally want to light them on fire. Mm-hmm. They really need to think about moving that show inside the stadium and and hand selecting i mean th- this needs to be like a a p- political debate in which you hand pick the people that are going to be in the crowd it, they cannot open this up i mean think about florida state nation right now when they read the story wait espn suing us after what they did to us they're suing us. Oh, that's rich. Oh, they're taking the side of the ACC. 
And then what? When we get out of the ACC, which we are going to get out of, they're going to go, oh, come join us in the SEC. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And if somehow the Big Ten didn't want Florida State, which I can't imagine in today's climate, that's the only play ESPN's. I mean, is this little move of the Big Ten and the SEC partnering, are they trying to stop their expansion? Are Sankey and Petiti, when they're together, saying this is it, this is as far as we go? I think that, I think that Greg Sankey has said to ESPN, I really don't want to add more schools. Can you keep the ACC together, please? We don't want more schools. And ESPN said, well, I'm doing the best I can. And so they're trying to keep the ACC together. Remember, Florida State's alleging that basically ESPN's done some dirty dealing here and that the ACC and ESPN were in bed together and you start to look at some of who the higher-ups were with the conference and the network and you go, hmm, there's quite an interest. There's actually a relationship between two of the people involved. Hmm. And Florida State's alleging that, yeah, we basically have all been cheated out of a lot of money. And by the way, you negotiated a certain deal with us, and you don't have those same things in the deal with the SEC. Why is that? And I think that's what ESPN's trying to you know, keep in the bottle there. You wonder if Florida State gets out of the ACC if the lawsuit by ESPN just goes away. So... I thought that was interesting, little little sidebar there. Mm-hmm. I I don't see how, and I'm being very serious here, for as flippant as we can get about this story, I don't see how Florida State does business with ESPN after this is done. I don't. Because this is now every single level of the university. This isn't just an angry fan base. This isn't just an athletic department. This now goes all the way to the very top of the university. I don't see how they do business with ESPN in the future unless literally they have no options. And the belief out there is the Big Ten would love Florida State. And by Big Ten, what we do we mean? mean we mean Fox. There we go. We mean Fox. Because it obviously, geographically, they don't care anymore. It spreads them out. It puts them in the four corners. I mean, it gets them in all four corners of the country. From Oregon to SoCal to Florida to Rutgers in the Midwest. There's nowhere that the Big Ten is not. They're truly a national conference with the addition of of Florida State and any other AC schools, ACC schools they bring in. Now, I think this will work out very well for Miami. I think Florida State drags Miami with them. 
we wondered if Miami was going to get left out of the Big Ten. I think they go in tandem with Florida State now. I think it's Carolina, Virginia, and the two Florida schools. And the only question is, does the Big Ten just go to 24? Or do they stop at 22? Play everybody once in basketball. We now have a 21-game conference schedule. <laughs> uh, don't, don't get into scheduling. Do we break it into two 11-team divisions? NFC, AFC, basically. We play 10 conference games. Everybody plays everybody once. That's not the worst idea in the world, is it? That goes into adding an extra game going to 13 games, you know, which you and I think will eventually happen in the 2030s. Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Trent Valley in the play of the day coming up. And, you know, we're entering dangerous waters these days, ladies and gentlemen, because, well, he's allowed to mention the Detroit Pistons again until he loses another bet with Miller and Moulton. So we'll see if he starts, you know, heading down that road again. At which point, Miller and Moulton are going to be making daily bets with him, just hoping to take that out of his holster. Although he won money on two uh, Pistons prop bets last night. So, you know. Trent had a big night, 3-0 and for Trent last night. Nice. It was a good night. We celebrated accordingly. But, you know, that doesn't – that's not saying a whole lot because it's – Were you able to buy 240s with the winnings last night? <laughs> case of rolling rock that's what we do not only that you're like 143 pounds dripping wet i don't know how if it takes much more than that to, to put you on your butt i mean my goodness yeah it was a good night though Cade cunningham over 33 and a half oh, here we cash go. it jalen duran over 27 and a half points rebounds assists my favorite bet to make in all of sports the pra choose your favorite players let it ride keeps you engaged the whole game Anything they do, you're like, all right, that's closer to my bet. There you go. I will say when you had two Pistons going over on their prop bets, and with like, I, I happen to check the scores, and they're down by 16, 18 points. They've got 39 points, and it's late in the first half. I went, oh, this does not look good for Trent. But they picked it up on the second half, scored a bunch of points, and you got a couple of wins as well as your win on the wings, taking down Colorado. Miller and Moulton last night going one and one. Purdue a winner, but we did take the local – FGCU team in my backyard and they well they didn't play very well yeah they and they were a slight favorite against a team that they should have beaten I mean Kennesaw State's not that good and what was their record on the road three and nine going into last night yeah Kennesaw State had three road wins all year and they won by seven yeah that's, that's not a good performance but uh we do have a poll question EA's Sports College Football 2025 has offered the college football player 600 bucks and a copy of the game. To We can use your name, image, and likeness in the game. You say no, oh, okay, then uh, won't be in the game. But if you say yes, here you go. Is that enough? If it were you, is that enough? And so far, three quarters of you are like, yeah, well, I can be bought. 600 bucks in a video game? Done. 
Count me in. That Mark Miller, the David Moulton on Twix and FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Many gamers, like sports gamers, think that the 2014 version of the EA Sports College Football is the best sports video game ever made. It, they it have, holds up. They have a really difficult challenge ahead of them. This game has to be good. The bar is very high. It is really high. Gamers are excited about this, but cautiously optimistic. So I'll be curious how this does in the gaming world because the, the 20, I mean, they haven't had it in 11 years and people still play the game. That's how good that video game is. So I guess they announced yesterday the announcers that are in the video game. They're all ESPN announcers. Fowler, Herb Street, and then it's a bunch of, you know, Matt Berry, uh, who's the Georgia Pollock's in it. David Pollock. Uh, I think Jesse Palmer's in it. Oh, boy. And, and I think one other. I think there's six voices in it. They're all ESPN, which I found interesting. You know, no Gus. You know, no Nestler. David, the, this the begs the question. Will Kirk Herbstreet's dog be mentioned in oh. any of the video game? <laughs> Have you seen my dog? Kirk got more than 600. I guarantee you that. Oh, he sure did. He's got that. He's got the prime money. Life is good for Kirk Herbstreet, but. Better for the dog. Got to bring the dog. You know, it's interesting. If you're EA Sports, would you have to pay those guys a dime? Yes. Oh, think about it. Think about it. Okay. Your voice could be in EA Sports. Remember, you know how much they get paid to do halftime of the Super Bowl? Not a dime. NFL doesn't pay a dime. You do it for free. You know what you get out of it? 125 million people watching you for 12 minutes. That's what you get out of it. You get to sell you. We ain't well, paying you a dime. No, no, no. Be very serious yeah. here. But they have. Some, but the difference is the difference is David. The artist that performs at the Super Bowl has something to sell. Right. What is Kirk? I mean, Kirk Herbstreit isn't selling. Uh, maybe he is selling stuffed replicas of his dog on KirkHerbstreit.com. But I don't believe that there is an avenue that Kirk is making money outside of being a broadcaster. I understand that, but think of the exposure. But no, what does that exposure on. get him? Well, th first off, he is a pitch man, and so is Fowler and some of the others. They pitch certain products. If you're, let's just say it's Doritos. If I'm Doritos, I want Fowler and Herbstreit to be as big as they can be. Okay? that may, So then when I pay them to pitch Doritos, okay, I'm even getting more for my buck. Okay? Plus, it's branding of who we are. I mean, if you're Fowler and Herbstreet, if EA is putting you two in the game, that's like, hey, we're the number one broadcast team in this sport. This sport goes through us. Okay? I mean, it's a, I think it's a nice status thing, the announcers that they've included in this game. I, if I was in – now, listen, Mark, insert joke here because goodness knows I've given away a lot of my services for free. But I'm serious. Like, the player is 600 bucks. I'm not kidding. I'd – if I'm EA, I'd literally say to Fowler and Herb Street, a thousand bucks and a copy of the game. Otherwise, we'll go with Gus Johnson. We don't care. 
Well, it does depend on the individual because also the NBA games, 2K, they have the halftime. They have the NBA on TNT crew minus Chuck. Chuck's not there. They have Kenny Smith, Shaquille O'Neal, and yes, they even have EJ. So that's like the halftime report of a video game. Chuck's not in it. Chuck's not even in it as well, a player. Chuck probably way. didn't. Chuck probably wanted more money than they were willing to pay him. Probably. Yep. And so I just there's I'm work not sure that, what that says. I would imagine there's still work. You've got to go in and record some things. I don't know how many, how much yeah. of their voice you got to do for them to be able to, then. There's a lot. AI yeah. into a video game. I I don't know how much work there is, but I I would think that Herbie's getting paid handsomely for his services. I do too. I'm just thinking that they could have, I think, actually negotiated it the other way. I do, because just like the player is willing to do it for 600 and a copy of the video game, you mean to tell me? I mean, Fox could say to Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, it, whatever they offer you, say yes, we'll take care of you. To have you guys in the game? Absolutely. Do it for 600 in a video game. Don't worry. We'll, we'll make it worth your while. I'd much rather have Gus in the video game, just for the calls. That's me. Speaking of calls, time now for our Molly Made Play of the Day. Trent, what do you have for us? Great segue. Uh, once a great rivalry, the Wings and the Avs, they delivered for one night only, I guess. Uh, Avalanche, a slight favorite in Hockey Town. That was a mistake. Wings pulled off a huge win. It was just one-to-one going into overtime, and that's when Patty Kane rifled one home to send the fans home happy. Skates over to the middle of the blue line, the Colorado zone. Now to Dylan Larkin, winding it up. Left circle has an opportunity. Sends it in front. Kane scores! Larkin to Kane, and the Red Wings win it. Two to one in overtime with 182. Larkin to Sherratt to Showtime. Wings win it. Two to one. That's their third in a row. Three of their last four wins have come in overtime, Mark. You got to love the eyes on the prize for the Wings. And there's your play of the day presented by Molly Maid. Past Tampa last night for the number one wild card spot as the Lightning lost their third consecutive game. 774-5839. That's 239. 774-5839 for Molly Maid. Call today and give your spouse the gift of a clean house. Lightning still five points clear for the final playoff spot, but you've got Islanders, Devils, and Caps within striking distance now. Lightning got to get their act together. They've also played more games than everybody else. Miller and Moulton. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the top of the hour, Pat Kerwin will join us then. Mark Packer, one hour from now, will talk about the state of college football. And also in his backyard, the state of the ACC, and get his thoughts on the Florida State ACC suing of one another. Where does he think it goes from here? Mark, very connected, also very in tune with Clemson, which has been attached to Florida State at times during this dispute with the conference over the last 12 to 18 months. So we'll just talk the state of the sport with Mark Packer coming up one hour from now. And Mark, I know you're getting a lot of texts on the subject, which we've spent a few days this week just talking about changes and you're still going to love it and watch it and just, you know, everybody's thoughts on college sports going forward. We had a texter who's been texting throughout the week whenever we bring this up. And he texted today 
College sports has been destroyed forever. Okay. And I just said, does that mean you won't watch? Because that really is the question. If you think it's been destroyed forever, then you're done, right? No, I'll still watch. I'll complain, but I'll watch. And I think that's where most everybody is right now. I, I, I don't see people running away from their Saturdays yet, David. Yet. But, you, but do you feel the majority of those that watch on Saturday will not feel as good about the product? Or do you think we're over-exaggerating that even? Oh, I think we're over-exaggerating that. They'll feel fine about the product as long as their team's winning. David, it doesn't matter how the sausage is made as long as my sausage is better than yours. And the ones that will complain the most about it are the teams that will struggle. Here's what I'm wrestling with for what it's worth. Because, listen, I want the athlete to get as much as they can. And believe me, once you've reached a certain age in life, you realize that it's all about money. In, in all aspects of life, it's all about money. Our politics, the, our politicians have been bought off, banking, insurance, the whole deal. It's all about money. You you, you come to that, you know, you, you as you're growing up, you, you think it's about ideals and what have you. You get to a certain point in life and you realize what runs the world. Okay. And you just try to do the best you can and be a good person while doing it. At least I hope so. So I get it. You know, this is these are billion dollar entities. Mark, you and I got it, quite frankly, long before most of our audience. We've been talking about this as a business for most of our 17 years together. And it really honked off a lot of people when we were doing it 10, 12 plus years ago. And we're like, it, it's this is business. This is what's going to happen. And we've been right. Unfortunately, we've been right more often than we've been wrong about this. Here's the one thing I'm wrestling with. And give me an analogy. You and I are hockey guys. One of our biggest complaints about the NHL is what? The rivals don't play each other enough. The NHL went with kind of a world view, okay, that it's important for the fans in Nashville to see Connor McDavid and the Oilers once a year. It's important for the fans in Raleigh to see McKinnon in the Avs once a year. And therefore, it's important for the fans in Denver and Edmonton to see the Preds and the Panthers once a year also. So once you start doing 20-something teams doing a home-and-home, home, well, now look at your schedule. You only got like 36 games left, and you got 12 teams still to play, and you're hardly playing the teams that you really want to play. And that's what I'm really concerned about here with these mega conferences. Yeah, this is great. This looks great. I, I There are three, four games a year that I really care about. Please tell me. I mean, because think about it. Texas and Texas A&M stopped playing each other. Pitt and Penn State, you know, Pitt, for God's sakes, Pitt, Pitt and, and West, West Virginia, Virginia stopped playing each other. And we can go through Ohio, Oklahoma and Nebraska. Now Oklahoma and Oklahoma State aren't going to play each other? I mean, this is college sports. This is its soul. 
this is what have we said is the oxygen of college sports? Angst. And that is what I'm trying to figure out going forward. Like, even for a Gator fan, you wait a minute. I mean, because we've gone through this scheduling thing, and people have come after us for years. You guys spending too much time on schedules. Well, this is why we do it. You're a Gator fan. Like, ten, what if Tennessee stops being on the schedule? Tennessee. I'm not saying it's the most important game of the year, but it's like third, right? You know, Florida State, Georgia. Okay, But come on, Tennessee stops being on the schedule? Well, it's going to happen soon. What the hell? Seriously, what the are we doing? That That's the part that I'm worried. Like, to me, I, it'd be great to occasionally see Oklahoma and Texas. But if I'm a Gator fan, it's like, listen, I got to play the dogs. I got to play the Knolls. I got to play the Vols. Okay, quite frankly, I'd like to go back to playing Auburn. We had a great thing going with Auburn for a generation. You guys took that away from us. I mean, there are a lot of Gator fans that are like, bring back Auburn, get rid of LSU. And LSU was done about. from a scheduling and ticket sales standpoint. They they tried to create a rivalry out of LSU. When Florida was having trouble because playing Georgia and Jacksonville every year, the schedule have a hole in it. And I think it was Strickland that said, we've got to have a game every year. And so LSU became that game. That's what I'm worried about going forward. You know, and now Big Ten and these super conferences. And yeah, sure, it would be great to see such and such, obviously. But like getting back to the hockey thing, the Rangers and Islanders just went 14 months without playing. 14 months, the Rangers and the Islanders. What the hell are you doing? I mean, that's that's my point here. And the networks don't have a problem losing some of the angst because they're getting the big brands. And there are certain brands that draw better than others. But the fan, the gopher fan, who all of a sudden might not play Iowa one year. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking right? about. Yeah, they're looking around going, we bordered two states. Wisconsin and Iowa. You figure out the schedule after that, okay? And I know that for now, they're protecting those games in the Big Ten. But you add four more teams, what is it you're going to do? How do you keep protecting these? You get to protect three games, you get to protect two, you get to protect one. How's that going to work? I mean, they already got rid of Minnesota-Michigan. I mean, they got 11 games that are named in the Big Ten. They got rid of one as an annual rivalry. Well, then... Take the name off it, then. If you're not playing every year, you can't name the game. Sorry. That should be a rule. No, we name the game if we play every year. We're playing every three, four years now? Well, you can't name it. Put it in the museum. It's over. So that's my thing. And if not, like, we've seen some crazy, like, couple of teams there in North Carolina who were not on each other's schedule. Wasn't it like NC State and Wake? Played a non-conference game because they weren't playing in conference. Right. They scheduled each other for a non-conference game because they weren't playing one another in conference, and that was as much financial as any other reason. Right, and they've actually done it a couple times. 
that I'm serious about this. If I'm college football going forward, if you're going to lose some of these games, then make them non-conference games. The fans want to see these games played. If you're going to subject us to going eight and four, at least play the damn teams. I want to see you play. Come on guys, Michigan and UCLA will be a great rivalry. Lighten up. (laughs) that's my concern though. And I, and I understand it's, you know, like in in the NBA, you know, the Lakers and the Celtics, they, they only see each other twice. Lakers only come to Boston once. Boston only goes out West. I, I get it. And as a league, you don't want to take those games away. I get it. But I, I'd rather feed the beast with the rivalry game. If I'm going to be guilty of neglecting one, I can't neglect the rivalry games. I can't. And it's going to be really difficult to not neglect them when you are adding the teams that you are in the conference to try to have some sort of a semblance of a schedule. Like up until the last couple of years when Tennessee had a pulse again, you know, it was a topic of conversation. We play Alabama every year. That's our designated, you know, East-West game. Okay. Well, you know, obviously that's not good for us. They're the best program in the country. We're struggling. We're basically scheduling a loss every year. And the Tennessee fans like, yeah, we play them every year. Don't care. Don't care if they beat us 132 times in a row. We play them every year. We've got problems. That's not one of them. We play them the third Saturday in October. And we want it to be the third Saturday, not the fourth either. Okay? If we're going to take our loss, do it on the damn day we want to take it on. Okay? It's important. That's what makes college sports college sports. Texter says relative to 10 years ago, yes, it's very different. But the product on Saturdays will still be spectacular. Then a pro football fan says, I don't care. I'm only watching Saturdays to see who my team's going to draft. He must be fired up for all that live combine action that's coming. (laughs) Who's more fired up, him or Pat? No, this guy. This guy probably likes the broad jump just a little bit better than Pat. Listen, Pat's only there for the interviews. Pat only cares about it. Pat did an hour on the show yesterday in which he goes, you know, the combine started as a medical event, right? And then because there was so much downtime with guys standing around waiting to get physicals that they literally brought some footballs out and started throwing it around. Okay. And that's how the whole other stuff started. But the combine was just to bring everybody in to do a physical. And Pat doesn't even like the interviews anymore. He likes his interviews that he gets with players. But the combine, if you've heard Pat talk about it, that the NFL's method of how they do it, and basically it's speed dating with these players, where they're running them in every five minutes and you don't get a lot of time, that he's talked about it. The Senior Bowl is where the NFL people love the Senior Bowl because they actually spend some time talking to the players. We'll have Pat on in 10 minutes. Combine's next week. I don't know if we'll have him Tuesday either because I think he's traveling to the Combine on Tuesday. But, uh, oh, yeah. Trent, you want us to wind Pat up? 
Okay, if you'll get some uh, amusement out of it. If he, he may be listening now, though, he usually tunes us in. Not yet. You know, like okay, because there are times in which he's listening for about 10, 15 minutes before he comes on. So Trent, just for you, we may wind Pat up a little bit about the combine. Okay. Hey, by the way, this kind of relates to something we were talking about with the video games. If I, if my memory is correct, I don't have to look this up, or we can just ask Pat. Pat was in Madden. I think it was eighteen. Uh, Pat was the play designer for Madden for many a year. Really? Pat was hired by Madden to help them do plays. Remarkable, because he he's he's in the um, fictional story mode as like a as a show host, him and Jim Miller. So we'll have to ask him about that. He's brought. We've talked to Pat about Madden before. See the gleam over there. He liked Pat a lot, but then it just dawned on him that Pat's in a video game. Yeah, the fact that he was a former general manager and scout and what have you, that didn't do anything for him. He designed <laughs> plays for Madden? <laughs> I'm talking to an Oscar winner, for goodness sakes. Hey, a spade's a spade. I'm 24 years old. I get it. If you're involved totally. in Madden, I want to hear all about it. Totally. That was the great thing about Madden. Certain generations knew him as a coach. Certain generations knew him as a broadcaster. And then there's the generation that's like, that's the video games, right? Yeah. So Pat Kerwin coming up in a matter of minutes here on the show as we've talked a lot of college football the past couple of days in the offseason as they're trying to figure out what they're doing with their playoff. Florida State's being sued by suing the ACC. The ACC's suing Florida State. And now ESPN's involved. And they're suing Florida State. Boy, I'll tell you. That's going to become a rivalry game. We're going to have to put that on the schedule. Florida State against ESPN. How do we schedule that? And let's put it in Dublin. On the ACC network. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, But that's certain years. The other years, it'll be on the Big Ten network. Hello. Pat Kerwin. He will join us next, then Mark Packer, Miller and Moulton. Thanks for listening.